The Harley's been put away, Christmas is upon us, and it must be time to talk to Bishop Robert Gruse of the Saginaw Diocese. Bishop, good morning to you. Good morning, Art. It's good to be with you again this year. Uh, good to be with you too, sir. Um, as we, you know, uh, later on in the hour, we'll talk, of course, about Christmas, the meaning of Christmas, and your Christmas message. But uh, this has been an unusual year, by anybody's recollection. How has COVID nineteen impacted the church? Well, it's impacted the church in many ways. Art, um, obviously, in the beginning, we were completely shut down, so. Uh, any any masses um, the celebrations that we had were done virtually. Um, I mean, our part, our congregations, our parishioners, um, participated virtually, and we were happy to open up again. I think it was Memorial Weekend, but but even then, you know, people are afraid um, still, and there are many people in the vulnerable categories, and so um, even with um, our services, our churches open again, we're getting I don't know twenty five percent capacity. Um, and so it's um, it's been a challenge for us, I think, um, and um, we just hope that you know we can get through this as fire or this vaccine will be available to everybody, and we can kind of get on the backside of it next year. But it's, it has been a challenge, and it's impacted the, the church as well as in the same ways that it's impacted the, um, most everyone else. And did I, I see on the, on the Saginaw.org website that the Michigan bishops had a statement on COVID nineteen on the vaccines? Yeah, there was it was a statement regarding uh, some of the vaccines that are produced are, are being produced from uh, um, material from aborted babies, and so we just wanted. To, there's been a big question about that in the sense of can uh, can we morally uh, use uh, take a vaccine that's been that's been created um, from uh, from an aborted baby, and uh, so that's really what the statement is about. Uh, two of the vaccines, the Moderna and the um, uh, the, the Pfizer. first one that came out, the, yeah, those are those those are uh, free of that. Um, the other ones, um, um, not so much. And so we can take any vaccine, and then and, and, you know, in a sense of an emergency. But uh, um, certainly, if these other two um, vaccines available, those are the ones that um, um, we, as the Catholics, from a moral standpoint, uh, should be using. Mm. Let me uh, ask uh, about virtual because you've you've had virtual masses all year now. Uh, have you have you measured the response? Do you know how many parishioners are watching, and has virtual actually given you a, maybe a bigger platform in some ways? Well, it certainly has has done that. It's given me a bigger platform. Obviously, people. Um, I mean, I've since uh, since we've been doing this, but I've also started going out in the parishes again, and I'm on, on weekends, and uh, it's. Uh, Amazing the number of people that say, "Oh, we see you on TV, or we see you on the computer." Or so a lot of people. It really has been um, a powerful tool um, for the church uh, during these COVID times, and um, our numbers have been really high. Uh, most, of the, especially when the when the churches were were closed altogether, um, that we we had we had really high numbers of people watching it virtually, um, and so it's it's been it's been it's very been it's been very impactful and. Uh, but, you know the re, the feedback that I get from parishioners across the diocese is it's been um, it's very it's been very important for them um, during these COVID times just for their own spiritual well being and so they were have a, deeply appreciated um, them being able to participate. Because um, the one thing about 
one thing about virtual is you can't pass the plate. So what's this meant financially to the diocese and Catholic churches around the country? Around the well, world, I don't know about I don't know about around the country, but certainly in this diocese, um, initially um, I think uh, it had a big impact um, right at the beginning of the shutdown back in March. Um, but as time has gone has gone on, and uh, we've gotten a lot of our parishes that weren't uh, doing it um, to to provide uh, online giving, and uh, I, I think the last numbers that I heard um, are were. Um, Average across the diocese of Saginaw were down, and the churches were down about five percent. Which Not is as I much as I would have, yeah. It is really, um, it's really amazing, and it's a beautiful expression, I believe, of the people's generosity even in COVID times. Because I, you know, that, to be honest, I I expected it to be a, a lot, a lot higher than that. Yeah, that number surprises me too. But I would have expected it to be a lot more too, a lot more. So let's so let's deep, talk about grateful. let's talk about Christmas masses because usually that brings a lot of people out. How are you going to handle the Christmas masses this year? Well, we, we're going to handle them the same way that we handle um, the weekend masses, pretty much. Uh, obviously, we're restricted in numbers. Um, people will be masked. They'll have their hands sanitized when they come in the door. Um, there'll be social distancing in the pews, and so we're still down to. You know, it's probably 25% capacity. And because we know numbers are a little bit higher than, um, than normal, um, I mean, we don't, to be honest, we don't know what to expect um, this Christmas uh, in these COVID times. Um, but um, just to, just to um, ensure that uh, we can accommodate the people that want to come, many of the parishes have gone to a registration system. And so they know their capacity, we'll say, is 110 um, and once they hit 110, then people go on a waiting list. And um, so that's kind of how a lot of the uh, parishes are doing it. Uh, the, the, the priests have also been given uh, um, a dispensation or a permission to um, to offer more masses than usual. And so some of them may be doing that. But you know, we want to accommodate in the best way we can. But we also, my main goal is for our our parishes and our, our pastors to keep our people safe when they when they come uh, to mass. Well, there's a new fundraising opportunity for you. You can sell tickets to mass just like you would to an event. <laughs> <laughs> first come, first serve. <laughs> I don't think that would be legal, or that would that probably, be legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. All right, hang on, Bishop. I have to take a break, and we'll be back. We're talking to Bishop Robert Cruz of the uh, Saginaw Diocese of the Catholic Church. Uh, we will hear his Christmas message later on, too, and want to talk a little bit about education. All of that is ahead here on the Art Lewis Show on this Wednesday. USGW. And we are back with you here on WSGW, talking to the most reverend uh, Robert Bruce, the Bishop of the Diocese of Saginaw, as we approach Christmas, as we do every year at this time, chat with the Bishop. I want to talk a little bit uh, about education. I, when we started the program, just before we started in the news, there was a story about uh, some dollars being awarded to teachers in the Catholic school system in Saginaw. How important is, is the Catholic education system to the diocese? Well, it's very important. You know, I think it's, um, you know, when you think about a Catholic education, it's, 
it's more than just um, about you know, learning religion or learning the Catholic faith. It's really about uh, forming, um, you know, the, forming our students um, in, in Catholic um, values, morals, and values. And uh, so it's it's that, that should be like um, front and center of what makes makes uh, the school Catholic. Is informing our kids um, in, in in the Catholic faith, but I'm um, really in the, in the faith and morals of the Catholic Church, and um, so it's um, yeah we we like to, in, my, in my experience uh, with students in Catholic schools, um, they, they don't really get a good education, but they, they um, you know because of their um, because of this education, they, their potential become really um, leaders. Uh, um, in, in, in the church and even in, in, you know, in our community. Much of a difficulty finding educators? Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm not, I don't really know for sure. I don't know how I could answer that question. Um, I, I know that um, we have a lot of, our, our, our educators are very dedicated. I mean, obviously, they could uh, be making a, a much higher salaries in the public school system, but... Uh, um, because of their love for Catholic education, because of their love for the Catholic Church, and our kids, I mean, the Catholic schools, you know, they they remain, uh, um, they re, you know, remain teaching in the Catholic schools, and um, so it's uh, it's it's a beautiful witness of their own faith and their own devotion um, um, to the Lord as well. Well, it was announced, and the story just before we came on the air uh, that Dave Maurer read announced uh, the fifty-three. Uh, $53,000, I think it is, is going to be distributed. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us about that. Well, it's, um, so it's from our the Catholic Foundation, uh, Community Foundation of Michigan. Um, it is uh, money that has uh, um, it's, it's come from the foundation, um, and um, it's each year there's money that gets distributed in grants and grant money um, to various organizations and um, it, so this year there was uh, this, this amount of money to be distributed. Oftentimes it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't go directly to teachers. You know, as a kind of a what they're calling this year a one-time stipend. Um, you know, to boost their salaries, it, it goes to um, other types of things affiliated with with our school and our school system. So this year um, the uh, decision was made to let's well, this, you know the teachers have been so. They worked so hard and been so diligent during these COVID times, and they've been there's been added stress, added duties um, in, in their role as educators. And so, why don't we, um, you know, lift their spirits a little bit and help them out? And so, this year, the money was uh, was determined that this this um, this grant money would be distributed um, to support the uh, full and part time teachers who serve in our schools. Yeah, good time of the year to do it too at Christmas. Perfect time. Yeah, this is a nice little Christmas present. Uh, the other uh, issue of, uh, uh, of filling positions, I know this year uh, you've lost uh, a number of uh, elderly priests uh, that have passed on. Uh, how are you doing in filling positions for priests in the diocese? Well, at the, at the current moment, I'm happy to say that uh, we have no uh, empty spots. <laughs> oh, really? Um, and so, no, we, I mean, so, but that really speaks to, um, you know, it, it, it speaks to, to, to the dedication of our senior priests and, and you know, uh, stepping up, even, you know, those who are retired. Um, many of the retired priests are still working. You know, they're filling in the sacramental ministers um, um, in, in, in different parishes, and uh, they're filling in on weekends. And so um, we've also have um, 
some of our parishes have what we call um, uh, directors of parish life. Uh, they could be uh, lay people or permanent deacons who assume the administrative role um, for you know for the parish um, for parish life and in those individual parishes. And then you know our retired priests come in and, and provide the sacramental ministry. So right now we're Ex- holding our own, explain- holding our own. Yeah, explain to laymen like me. Uh, what a priest can do that a deacon, for example, can't do. What's the role of the deacon? Well, a, a role of a deacon is one is to, to serve any way they can, but um, sacramentally, um, they can't um, they, they can't preside over all the sacraments. Um, there are some sacraments reserved for the priest, which would be the celebration of the Eucharist. They'd be hearing confessions, anointing the sick. You know, the, they can baptize, they can witness marriages, um, they, they, um, um, they, can't, they can't do the sacrament, you know, they can't administer the sacrament of confirmation. And so, you know, so they're limited in the sense of, of being sacramental mentors, you know, in, 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 uh, um, you know, in comparison, you know, to, to the priest. But, um, but their role, you know, the role of the deacon primarily is uh, really to um, serve the poor. I mean that's really what what it comes down to. I mean they they can assist at, at liturgies and and uh, they can you know they teach in their parishes, but um, ultimately um, they're they're they're, on, they're called to take on the heart of Jesus, which is is a, is a servant, um, which which means um, you know at the heart of their diaconal ministry is a service to the poor. And they are the uh, the highest position in the lay, other than. Uh becoming a priest i would assume right yeah so they wouldn't be considered a lay person they would be considered clergy because they've been ordained ah uh, and so um they're a member of the clergy but they don't have um all the uh, uh the faculties that uh, in, in the sense of of being able to administer all of the sacraments are limited to those that, that, that i just mentioned earlier um, but, but they are they are members of the clergy because they they have uh, re, uh, received, uh, received the sacrament of ordination to the permanent diaconate. I've asked you this before, but I, I always find it an amazing story. Um, you, of course, were a commercial pilot for a lot of years, ten years or more, uh, and all of a sudden, in what most would consider later in life, you found uh, a calling to the church. What happened? What brought that about? <laughs> well, I, I didn't. Well, let me put it this way: you know, I, I said no. I said no to that for many years. <laughs> to the, you know, to the to the priesthood for many years. I just kind of wanted to do my own thing, and um, yeah, I, I think of the Lord. And you were doing it quite. You were doing it quite successfully. I mean, you know, you were flying yeah, I mean, I for a, a living. I, yeah, I had a you know a decent job, but you know, in the in the end, you know. When you think about when, when I think about my life, I said, what is it like most fulfilling? And at that point in time, Art, I was involved in, in you know, as a lay person in Paris life and doing all kinds of different, involved in different ministries. And really, that's kind of where my heart was. And uh, and the more I got involved in in, in, in uh, Paris life as just as a volunteer, you know, this whole this, uh, this whole um, thought of priesthood came back. Um, and from that. From that time on, I never could get get it out of my head. So I thought, well, I, I can't go through the rest of my life wondering if God is calling me to the priesthood. So I said, the only way to find out is to uh, put myself in an environment uh, 
which I can truly discern the will of God in my in this vocation, which I think the Lord might be calling me to. So that's when I broke up with my girlfriend and quit my flying job and went into the seminary. You literally gave yeah. it up, didn't you? I mean, that was I traumatic time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when, when when you give your life up for the Lord, it's a, the, the blessings are amazing. I mean, it really is. The graces and blessings that come are just unbelievable. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's just been such a, it's just been such a, a beautiful life over the last. So I've been a priest 26 years now, and uh, it's just been a beautiful life. And it's been full of many graces and blessings. And um, um, what's what the Lord has called me to? And that's that's you know when we when we discover what the the Lord calls us to is that's that's the place in life where we find ourselves most happy and most fulfilled. I agree with that. What uh, what's the journey like to become a priest? How long does it take? Well, the basic requirements are four years of college, uh, regular college, and uh, you can have a degree in anything. Um, if you have a degree in theology um, or, or or philosophy, that's going to cut some time off after that. If, so it's um, the maximum would be um, ten years. So if you have a degree in engineering, then you need, when you go into the seminary, there's a, um, there's a two-year, what we call pre-theology um, program, which is basically all philosophy for the most part. And then uh, once you finish that, and philosophy and, and some spirituality and some theology, but primarily um, the study of philosophy, because philosophy leads right into the study of theology. And then the last four years would be the study of uh, would be theology. For all four years would be theology. So it's a long road. It is a long road. Um, but it's like a doctor. I'm a doctor of doctor of souls, right? And so uh, it's um, it's it's important because it's not just not just about head knowledge, or you know, it's not just like academics. It's it's about you know, this, it's putting yourself in an environment where. Um, with you know, with with the academic work and the pastoral work and the spiritual work, you know, the Lord forms a man's heart for the priesthood, so that he, so he's able to give himself away um, mm-hmm. completely to the Lord. Yeah. And so it's, it takes a while to remove somebody from from a uh, from the cultural environment in which we live, the secular world in which we live, you know, to form a man's heart, yeah. um, to really to be a spiritual uh, leader right. of uh, God's people. Hang on, I've got to take a break. We come back, we're going to move on to Christmas, and uh, we are talking to uh, Bishop Robert Groose from the Catholic Diocese of Saginaw, here on The Art. From the Stone Specialist Studios, this is 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW. All right, we're back with you on the Art Lewis Show, talking to Bishop Robert Bruce from the Catholic Diocese of Saginaw. It is uh, that time of year when uh, Christians around the world celebrate the birth of Christ, and uh, Christmas is upon us in two days. So, so Bishop, um, let's talk about the the Christmas that we've all learned about. Uh, it would seem to me. And again, I'm outside the church uh, as a Jewish person, but it would seem to me that as a nation, we have become more and more secular 
and moved away from these traditional holidays. Do you sense that? Uh, there's no question about that, Art. Um, and it's happened over over time, but even now I think it's even it's more blaring now than it has been, I, I think, in many years. However, I would have to say, um, in some sense, um, you know, when you start to look at everything that's going on in the world, and in, in, in particular, you know, this COVID-19 crisis, this pandemic, I, I think it has, um, I mean, the Lord brings good out of everything. He brings good out of evil. He brings good out of bad things. Um, um, and, if, I mean, if we're paying attention, and, and I think um, with COVID, I, I think it's given people pause to really think about their own life, um, their own future in the sense of eternity, their own their faith. And um, what is the Lord saying to us as a world in the midst of a pandemic like this? Um, I think in many, you know, in some sense, it's you, know, you look back in the, you know, the history, um, you know, the, you go back into the Old Testament, you know, back in, the, you know, in the, the time of the, of the, 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 the Jewish nation and, you know, and how, the ways in which they turned away from the Lord and what happened. And, and then, and then as, you know, time goes on, they've turned back to the Lord. The Lord has always been there to welcome them back and, uh, continue to provide his blessing. So I, I think, uh, this, this COVID time has really been an opportunity, hopefully, that people had a chance to reflect on their lives and, um, and, and, and think about what is the Lord inviting them into um, in regard to this relationship with him. Um, because it's really the Lord, and this is really the message of Christmas. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his own son into it to become one of us. And his, this, this, his son was born into a life of poverty, um, they were, you know, the family, the holy family felt alienated. They, had, they couldn't find room in the end. They were rejected and so on and so forth. So, he's, you know, the, God himself entered in, into the into human life, into the human, into humanity, into the into our world as a human person um, in great poverty. And, and, and yet God has used him, um, Jesus, to become our Savior, you know, to save us from our sins, to be with us in, in times just like this in which we live. Um, if, if we desire, if we seek to turn um, for him and help, you know, he's there. Um, but it's ultimately, you know, a relationship, as we all know, art is two, is, it takes two sides, two people. And so the Lord is always there for us. Are we always seeking that relationship with him? That's the question that all of us have to ask them, you know, myself included, you know, you know, how, um, how important is this relationship? Um, and, the deeper the relationship, the more important the meaning of Christmas um, is for all of us. What do you say to people who say, you know, why did the Lord do this to us? Why do we have COVID-19, for example? Well, we have COVID-19 because uh, <laughs> because it happened, you know, it, it happened to come our way. Does the, 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 the Lord uh, mandate something like this? Absolutely not. Um, but does does do a, does the Lord allow things um, to come into our world and come into our life? I mean, we could say the same thing. You know, why, why are you know three million babies aborted a year? Why why is the Lord allowing that to happen? You know, why does people get why do people get cancer? Why do people have heart attacks? Why do people this and that? And so you know, the list goes on and on. Um, we we can never say that God causes that because God is love. And, and and love doesn't cause things like this, but doesn't mean it doesn't. We don't, he doesn't allow things to happen 
Um, it could be for our greater good, but as I said earlier, God can bring light into all darkness. He can bring healing into all pain. Um, but it's, it's about desiring and seeking this relationship with him for us to experience that. Um, if we don't seek it, then we won't experience it. And if we won't experience it, then, then we, we continue to live, live in a dark world instead of living in the light in spite of what the world is around us. Some, uh, some religions will teach that, uh, that it's a, a punishment because we disfavored the God, uh, the Lord. Um, what's your reaction to that? I would say that's not, that's not the Christian faith. That's what I would say to that. That's not, that's not what the Christian faith teaches. Um, I mean, God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world so we might be saved. And so um, it's, it's not a form of punishment. It's a form of redemption. Um, he, he, you know, he, there's, you know, the Lord, you know, God is love, so he can do nothing but love us. That's, he can't do anything else but love us. That's, it's, it's a, it's his, it's, it's, it's his total nature um, is love. And, and so, and he wants to love us, but, and so that's why he sent his son into the world to redeem us from our sins, to redeem us for the ways in which we turned away from him, um, and to offer that, you know, forgiveness and healing. And, um, I mean, this is what the Christian faith teaches. Um, and, uh, and if we, if we, if we choose to live in this way, um, the blessings are enormous. Mm. All right, I have to take a break. We come back. Uh, we're going to uh, allow time for the bishop to give us a, a, a mini homily. How's that? We'll, we'll do it that way. And we, <laughs> we will turn, return with Bishop. On WSGW. Hi, we are back with you here on WSGW, the Art Lewis Show, for this uh, Wednesday. My guest, Bishop Robert Gruss from the Saginaw Diocese. And Bishop, as promised, uh, I've allowed uh, time here at the end uh, for your Christmas message because I know you always have one, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord will give me one here in a moment. I was confident. I was confident. Well, let, tell us what, what Christmas means to you and, and your reflections on it. You know, as I, I look at my own life, um, and I mean, it's, I think, you know, for me, as I, as I look back on my life and see where, I, where I've been, where I am, where I've come, where I am now, um, it's only by the grace of God um, that I've come to this place in my life. Um, and not just because, not just as a bishop, but as a human being, as as a person, as a child of God, and it's really, it's 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 comes it's for my for my own personal life, it's it's come through this relationship with Jesus, you know, Emmanuel, God is with us, and um, I, I, I it's 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 you know miracles happen because of of God's love because He came into the world to love us. And when we, we seek that relationship, um, we begin to see miracles in, 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 in our lives. I mean, I look back over my life and to see where I was and where I am now as a, as a bishop of the Diocese of Saginaw. You know, that's utterly uh, miraculous. But it's really, you know, it's, it's in some sense as if, you know, Mary said yes to being a partner 
with the Lord in bringing salvation to the world. And so then she surrendered her life in order to do that. And she had all kinds of questions. She pondered all these things in her heart. She didn't know what to make of it, but but because of her relationship with God, um, she said yes to this, and Joseph as well, you know, um, and then his in his um, the partnership in this salvation history as well, and not knowing what what, what was this going to bring, but their own surrender um, led to great graces and and um, redemption for all of us, and um, so no matter where we are in life, no matter um, what the struggles are, obviously we know. These past nine or ten months with COVID has been uh, has been very difficult on so many different levels. It's impacted people um, directly, indirectly, and in so many different ways. And people are suffering right now. You know, the political environment today is, is very toxic. Um, people are suffering from the aftermath of, of COVID, and we're still living it. They're they're suffering from separation and isolation um, because of all this. And you know, so we need Christmas. Um, we need Christmas at this moment in our lives um, because the real grace of Christmas is an encounter with the Lord who has come among us to save us. And he wants to encounter each of us right where we are, right in the midst of our current lives. Um, um, he wants to befriend us right, right here where we are. I mean, if we look in the scriptures, you know, the, the beautiful Christmas story in Luke's gospel, it's, uh, you know, we, we hear the words um, from... Um, you know, from the angel, for today a Savior is born for you, Christ the Lord. That's not a generic you. That's a personal, individual, unique you for each one of us. Today a Savior is born for you. So Christmas is God's gift to each of us. And he wants to embrace us and, and right where we are on our own level and lead us to a deeper life in him. And if you think about it, you know, the birth of Jesus, this little child wrapped in swaddling clothes, Right, um, this little baby assumed our frailty. He assumed our suffering, all of our anxieties, all of our desires, all of our limitations. And so, I believe with Jesus, with the birth of Jesus, with the life with Jesus, the everyday circumstances of the human condition, no matter what they are, they then they be, they become occasions of divine revelation and grace-filled salvation. So people think about salvation after we die, but. Um, Salvation is meant to be experienced on earth as well as in heaven. And so uh, Christ coming into the world as, 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 as man has brought salvation to the world. Um, and it, it's, um, it's not just an eternal world. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, the world in which we live in today. And so each of us can experience that salvation that's been won for us. He brings peace to our hearts and our lives. We only have to open our hearts to him, even in this pandemic world. It's, and it just takes a simple, humble, childlike faith and surrender, like Mary, like Joseph. And even Jesus had to surrender to the Father's will to come here, to be born into this world. Um, and so it's a beautiful message that this child has been born to us. Um, the Son has been given to us. Well, Bishop Cruz, uh, I want to uh, personally extend... My best wishes for a Merry Christmas to you, and uh, we hope for a, a better 2021 for all of us, and uh, do it in the spirit of Christmas. Absolutely, and my, my best wishes and Merry Christmas to you, Art, and to, to all your listeners. Uh, may the, may the, the, the love which comes in this, in this gift of Christmas um, 
be opened in our hearts um, for each of us and to receive what the Lord desires. So um, Merry Christmas to you. And, Merry Christmas, and, and I'll leave you with this message. Three and a half months to Harley. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. Unless it's going to like a 65-degree day in February. It might. <laughs> Maybe not. Hey, you never know. Uh, never know. Bishop Cruz, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Ari. You too. Bye-bye God now. Bless you. God bless. Bishop Robert Cruz uh, from the Catholic Diocese of Saginaw. Back to close out.